and welcome back to Dead Wrong. You are listening to the very first bonus episode. My name is Elizabeth, but you can call me Liz, and I'll be your host. After thinking quite a bit, I decided I wanted to make bonus episodes and release them at sporadic times throughout the month. And I wanted to make them shorter or smaller than a typical dead wrong episode, which is usually about, on a good day, 30 minutes. Sometimes we go a little over that, sometimes we go a little under that. I wanted the bonus episodes to be short and sweet, so 10 to 15 minutes, and I wanted to use them to highlight a current, you know, true crime case that is being brought to the forefront of the news cycle and is really being highlighted on all media platforms because they need the help and they're placing emphasis on the case because they need um, witnesses to come forward, they need citizens to really reach out a helping hand. So while you may not be in Ohio in the case that we're talking about today, there are still ways that you can help and at least for me this was my way of helping, was using my own platform as a podcaster. to educate my audience and just bring awareness to the case. And maybe you're listening from Ohio, maybe you're listening from Canada, um, but maybe there's something that rings a bell or maybe there's something that you can do to help that you otherwise wouldn't have known if you didn't listen to the episode. So that's what I want these bonus episodes to serve as. Um, There's bad things that are always happening in our world and unfortunately true crime is always a part of the news cycle. And sometimes there are cases that we miss, but I want to try my best to do what I can to help. And I hope that you guys feel that that same way. So today we'll be talking about 18-year-old Madison Bell. If you have had the opportunity to turn on the news, I'm sure you've heard about the case. She's been missing since Sunday, May 17th. Um, At the end of the episode, I'll provide you with the contact information as well as it'll be available in the show notes of who you need to get in touch with if you have a tip or any information on her case. And I'll also give you some information on a search that the family is organizing to happen tomorrow and Sunday, which would be the 23rd and 24th of May. So without making my intro any longer, uh, let's dive right in. Okay, so we're talking about 18-year-old Madison Bell. She's known as Maddie to most of her friends and family, and she was last seen on Sunday, May 17th. So she's only been missing for less than a week. But as you can imagine, a missing 18-year-old girl who doesn't have a character that shows that she would run away or go missing um, is highly alarming. So on Sunday at around 10 a.m., Madison's mom, Melissa, says she was, you know, doing some household chores, cleaning the house, and Maddie told her that she was going to head out to a tanning salon. This was normal, a typical thing for Maddie to do. Um, With everything that's been going on with coronavirus, tanning salons in Greenfield, Ohio, actually opened up on Friday, uh, this past Friday, so about a week ago. So Maddie uh, let her mom know she was going to head out to a tanning salon. Um, and Melissa was like, yeah, okay, go for it. So before going to the tanning salon, uh, Madison stops at a corner market. Now, Greenfield is a small town. This corner market 
is what I would describe as kind of like a, imagine like a gas station, like a food stop, but without the gas station. You know, it's kind of like a place where like it might have a deli, they might have like some, you know, food items and they've got like your quick snacks and sodas and things like that. So she stops there. Now what hasn't been released, they've said that there was no activity on her debit card. Um, so, I mean, we have to assume that I guess she didn't, if she did get off, she didn't buy anything, but it's noted that she stopped there. That's kind of the last known whereabout. We'll get back to that. She doesn't make it to the tanning salon. I have personally never been to a tanning salon. For those of you that don't know, I live in Florida, so I don't, I don't really need a tanning salon. Um, we get sun all year, so. From what I was able to gather, the way this tanning salon worked was it was kind of like a self-serve. Like you, you walked in, you signed in, and then you were able to use, you know, I guess after paying a fee or whatever it may be, you were able to use their equipment, whether it was a tanning bed or um, something of, of that nature. So there was no, she didn't, you know, Madison didn't sign in, didn't sign out. It hasn't been um, like confirmed if there was CCTV footage in the plaza where the tanning salon was. Um, but I mean, police have noted that they have reason to believe that she wasn't in the parking lot. She never was in the parking lot. She didn't like get to the parking lot and then leave and just decide not to get off. She was in the parking lot, never made it inside the tanning salon. So about 45 minutes go by. So remember, she leaves the house at 10 a.m., 45 minutes go by, and Maddie's mother, Melissa, starts to worry slightly. Uh, because she said that that was more than enough time for Maddie to have gone to the tanning salon and come right back. So she shoots Maddie a text and Maddie doesn't answer. Now Maddie does have a boyfriend. His name is Cody Mann. Um, they were, according to Cody, they had been dating for about five years. So they may be young, but I know um, that's, a, that's a long period of time. So they've been dating for five years. So trying to piece together the timeline, what I think may have happened is I think Melissa may have reached out to Cody and asked him like, hey, have you seen Maddie? Maybe after the tanning salon, I don't know. She decided to go over to his house or to hang out and she like just didn't mention it to her mom. So she reaches out to Cody. This is what I'm thinking happened. She reaches out to Cody, asks Cody. Cody's like, no, I haven't heard from her. Melissa kind of expresses why she's concerned, why she's worried. And Cody's like, yeah, that's a bit strange. So they both end up getting in the car and heading out to go find Maddie. Now, again, not super specifically outlined, but something that is noted. Uh, Maddie's mom, Melissa, says that Maddie's phone location was said to be between the corner market and Good Shepherd Church. I'm assuming she probably used like the Find My iPhone app and it was like pinging somewhere between there. So they go out and they start driving. Of course, they can't find her. They call police and they report her missing. And that's when they discover, you know, she was never at the tanning salon, never even in the parking lot. She went to the corner market. And Melissa came out and said that Maddie was not the type of girl to just wander off or to not inform her mom of where she was going. And I know when I was 18 and in the years following up to that, I told my mom where I was at all times. And if there was ever a time where she texted or called and I didn't answer, she immediately flipped. So I get it. Um, and I, I get how that can be a huge red flag. 
when someone who is constantly reliable, like with communication and letting you know where they are, just suddenly stops communicating. So Madison's car was found and it was found in the Good Shepherd church parking lot. It was abandoned. Her phone was in the car and her keys were still in the ignition. So it's kind of an odd sight. Um, it makes it, what it looks like to me is like, you know, she was abducted in a way where she was like asked either she was threatened um, with a gun or a knife point, something to that extent where she was asked to like get out of the car and she wasn't able to leave anything, take anything, um, or even turn the car off or, um, or turn the car off and leave the keys in, whatever it may be. That's kind of what that scene looks like. So they find her car in Good Shepherd Church parking lot. Again, this goes back to um, Melissa saying the phone was pinging between the corner marks and Good Shepherd Church. Now, yesterday, so today is Friday, May 22nd. Yesterday, Thursday, May 21st, they released, um, FBI have been called down and have become involved in the investigation. Uh, they went ahead and they released a couple images. So they released some images of a white Nissan and also images of a, a man. So the white Nissan, there are witnesses who claim that on Sunday, they saw the white Nissan in the parking lot. Now, a lot of people ask, why did they notice this white Nissan? So the reason the Nissan stuck out to these handful of witnesses in the church parking lot is because the Nissan actually had California plates. Now, when I first read this, it's mentioned in several articles, I didn't understand the importance or why it would stick out to so many people. I live in Florida in a, in a relatively urban area and I'm kind of accustomed to seeing plates from different states, you know, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, I've seen a couple of Georgia ones. If I do see one, like it stands out to me, not in a bad way or not in a way that I think I would remember like the place, like it stands out to me in a way where I'm like, oh cool, like that's a, that's a Georgia plate, but I don't take note of it. Having never lived in a small town, I didn't understand the importance. And after hearing a couple reporters talk about the dynamic of a small town, they emphasize that in a small town, when you see a plate that is not from that state that the small town is located in, it kind of sticks out like a sore thumb because literally everyone's got the same state plate, you know? And everybody knows everybody. It's a very small, uh, close-knit community. So it's odd when you see a car, not only that you might not recognize at first, but also that has a plate from a different state. So that's why a lot of witnesses, you know, reported this uh, to police and investigators. And it also, it just seems way too coincidental that that same car was in the, the same parking lot that Madison's car was found in. In tandem with the release of these photos of the car, which it looks like they were able to grab them from like some security camera footage or CCTV, um, it's a little grainy, but you definitely are able to make out like the, the model make um, and color of the car. So they released those to the public asking for anyone who's able to identify the owner of the vehicle or knows where the vehicle may be. Um, they released a picture of a man saying that this man may be connected to the vehicle and that they believe the vehicle may be connected to Maddie's disappearance. Now, the first impression I got looking at the picture of the man, he doesn't look like he's in Maddie's age range, like he doesn't look like he could be a friend of Maddie's, if that makes sense. Um, he definitely looks like he's older, maybe in his mid to late 20s, even early 30s. It's really difficult to tell. Uh, the family was asked, you know, if they recognized him, if they had seen him before. No one in the family recognized, recognizes him. No one in the family has, you know, 
claims to have seen him before. Cody, uh, Maddie's boyfriend, says that he, the man looks slightly familiar, but that he can't really place him, like he doesn't know where he may have seen him before. And that's kind of where we're left. So those pictures were released yesterday, which was Thursday, May 21st. Today is Friday, May 22nd, and that's kind of the latest update that we have received. I'm going to go over briefly Maddie's physical description, um, just so that you're aware if you're in the Ohio area or even if you're in um, nearby areas, she's been missing for almost a week and that would definitely have been enough time for an abductor to get Maddie out of Ohio if that's what they intended to do. So Madison Bell is 120 to 125 pounds. She is about 5'6". She has brown hair and brown eyes, and she has a couple distinguishing characteristics. So she has two tattoos. One is a cross, and it's on her neck. The second is a ghost tattoo on her side. And this isn't in the missing persons poster, but looking through images of her, I noticed this. It seems like she has like um, a nose, not a ring. It's like a nose, like a, a stud, a diamond stud on her nose, a, a piercing. That can be taken out, but again, something that I noticed that I think would be able to tell her apart if she did have it in. And then of course it's noted that she may have had some gray contact lenses in. And Melissa, Maddie's mom, says she may have been wearing a black uh, North Face hoodie at the time of, of her disappearance if she's still wearing those, those clothes. So again, down in the show notes, I will include the contact information for the Highland County Sheriff's Office. If you head over to the Instagram and the Twitter at deadwrongpod, you will find pictures of Maddie, of the missing persons photo, yeah, and uh, pictures of the car and the man that were released yesterday on Thursday the 21st. I hope that this was able to bring some sort of awareness and help in some way to really bring justice. The goal and the dream is to bring Maddie home safely and hopefully that is what police and investigators are able to do. Thank you so much for listening to the first bonus episode of Dead Wrong. Keep an eye out. I'll drop bonus episodes here and there when I feel like there's, you know, a current event, like true crime case to cover and highlight, and that's kind of, you know, smashing headlines right now. So thank you so much for listening. Again, you can head to the Instagram and Twitter at Dead Wrong Pod. You can always leave a rating or a review if you've enjoyed this bonus episode on the podcast page. This has been Dead Wrong. My name is Elizabeth, but you guys get to call me Liz, and I'll see you next time.